Hello and welcome to the Soulful Goddess podcast with me, your host, Lisa Melbourne. We are here for another beautiful, soulful discussion with the wonderful Nicola Bianca from uh, nicolabiancayoga.co.uk. Um, I was introduced to Nicola and the work that she does um, through a mutual friend. Um, and as I dove a little deeper into what Nicola does and um, how she applies herself to the work that she does as a yoga teacher, and she's currently um, studying meditation, and how she embodies the philosophies um, of the yoga um, that she shares with others, uh, I really, really felt like I resonated um, with where she comes from. Um, but I don't want to say too much. I, I want Nicola to share with you um, a little about herself and the work that she does. Welcome, welcome, Nicola, to the Soul Thank you Goddess. so much. It's lovely Thank to you have you. Thank you for having me. Feel very blessed to be here. Thank you. Oh, oh, you're so welcome. So, as I was looking at your beautiful website, um, the thing that I really, really loved was how um, you came across as um, being so much, so much more than just a title it's the way that you embody everything that you do um as and not just as a yoga teacher but how that you push that out into every other area of your life um so talk to us basically about where you started and where you began and what you do so this is actually a really interesting question because I recently um my my club one of my really close girlfriends from when I was traveling um one of my really close girlfriends who actually got me into yoga um was here this week and we were laughing about it because we've been friends for about 10 years now and she's a buddhist and she's been doing yoga her whole life and when we were traveling in our 20s and living in the caribbean she used to do yoga all the time and she would say to me come on nicola do some yoga do some yoga. and i'd be like that's not for me that is not for me at all and i used to resist it a lot and it's we had a real good laugh about it because we were like look at me now like 10 years later you know doing what i'm doing and i think it's really interesting how it finds you when it needs to um, the practice or you know I was in my mid-20s I was really wild and drinking all the time partying and having loads of fun but there was this missing I had something missing in my life and I think it was that spiritual practice that I really was craving um, so we actually went on a road trip from from California no, it was from Colorado to California and we spent three months together and we were doing yoga every day and we were going to these different things. And I was like, that's when I really got into it. And I was at a point in my life where my mental health was at its worst. Um, and I just, that was what actually drawed, like um, attracted me to the practice so much was the mental stability that it gave me. Um, and that's what I wanted is I wanted something that could just give me that sense of being okay. Um, so that's where my journey started and since then I just kind of kept delving deeper and deeper and I started a regular practice and you know within a year I'd like healed an injury that I had on my knee that was ongoing for a really long time and I was actually really able to start to do inner work um, and delve a little bit deeper so that's where my practice kind of started was experimenting a lot at first and just kind of like oh what's this all about um, and then it wasn't until I had a regular practice that I really started to see the benefits of it. And this is why I have such a passion to share with other people, um, the kind of the stability that it gives you. Yeah, I think when you when you come from a place where you have um, so um, intricately woven something into your own daily practice and well-being and you've really felt the benefits of it only then do I feel that you can come from that really special and sacred space where you can share it um, authentically with others because you feel it you embody it you've probably been where um, you know 
your uh, students have been, the people that are coming to your classes. You have that empathy for where they are at. Um, and, you know, you share with them your experiences on what what has worked for you and supported you um, on your journey. And isn't it interesting how <laughs> nearly everybody I speak to who ends up um, you know, doing a bit of a U-turn in their life uh, when it comes to um, living a more spiritual um, and mindful way of life um, really didn't necessarily resonate with it in the very beginning and um, have somehow ended up finding their way into embodying it in their everyday. And I love, I love that. I love how um, the universe just finds a way of bringing us back to what it is that we need um, every day. And and it's only when we look back that we can see just how far we've come, um, you know, from all those years ago. Um, and I think also that's, that's, so, that's where um, we all kind of don't realise that we almost need suffering. We need that low point to then realise that there's that shift to then be able to then level up and be able to then change that. You kind of almost feel stuck, don't you, in 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 your ways. And I think a lot of, this is what I was thinking recently, is like your 20s are that time of where it's that self-discovery of like, what am I doing? I'm an adult, but I'm not an adult yet. And you're kind of all having all these times. And, you know, at the time when I started yoga my sister had been diagnosed with cancer and I was kind of like in a really really strange headspace and um, I couldn't really physically be with her because I was on the other side of the world and it was all really really challenging but me and my friend both had this thing together of where her mum was really suffering with an illness my sister was suffering and it was kind of that feeling of having something that gives you hope and something that gives you faith in that higher power and that's what I really really resonated with with yoga was like the philosophy of it and like you say it's a lived experience it's an experience that you live and this is why then you are able to then hold space for people because you're you're using your lived experience to then go okay I can safely hold this space for people because I've done that transition myself um and it's a lot of that inner work that just takes time. And this is why I said inner work, because it's, you kind of, you can't not do that in a yoga practice. You can go there for a physical practice to begin with, but it will always come out that inner, you know, whatever you're resisting. Absolutely. And one of the um, conversations that I have quite regularly with like other um, holistic therapists, um, from from all different backgrounds is is that ability to not just um you know walk the walk uh, you know go through the motions it, it is about um coming from a place where you embody what you do and really feel that exchange with the people that you're working with um you know often people who come to see me who are training in reflexology will say to me Lisa I'm a, you know I'm training to be a reflexologist I you know I know where all the points are on the feet but I don't really feel I don't feel what I'm um supposed to feel I'm just going through the motions and the routine and it it's like and I think everybody has to start somewhere especially if you're I, I think for for a lot of us that transition and decide that we're going to do a job like this like the ones that we do you 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 might not necessarily have already started on a journey of um deep self-discovery or hit rock bottom but you you're I believe most people tend to be in a place where they feel that they need something more in their life they're changing their outlook on life um and they want to embody that change even if they're not quite sure what it is yet because something isn't currently working in their current circumstances so they're looking at living and working in a more mindful way with themselves and with other people and that kind of unfolds as you you know as you study your craft and for you that was yoga um and 
which has led on to so many other really, really interesting um, things. So one of the things that I, I, I've loved looking at um, with your work is the the meditations that you bring into your yoga practice um, in your classes, particularly the ones that um, are centered around the moon phases and the seasons, because, oh my God, that's, what I, <laughs> that's exactly what I do. So talk to me about where that came from and like what inspired you to add that into your practice well I think for me it was actually um a studio that I was teaching in and the lady my friend who was running it she's like always been really into astrology and into the cycles and I remember doing like a little workshop thing with her and I like and I started to delve a little bit deeper and I start I got myself a moon diary and I've been doing it for about three years now of where I like religiously go through each cycle and it's amazing how I just found it really profound that connection and that it resonates when you read and you look into it and you think oh it, it makes sense and I love that feeling of like this just makes sense um and I just I think with especially with the moon and especially the wheel of the year learning about that like has been really really incredible and we've as people as human beings we've lost such a connection with the earth and our surroundings our universe and it gives you that real connection of understanding the cycle of life and the way that things just if you work in alignment with it it's a it's really profound how you can it can really help you with your practice and guide you um through that uh, so what I try and do with my classes now is so I have a specific moonflow class where I'll just talk about what's going on that week within the moon phase and then the class is then based the movements that we do is based on kind of what works with it so for example um the new moon great time to set your intentions um so I try and have a kind of a, a sequence of where you're detoxing, releasing your body, trying to help clear everything out so you can then set your attention on a clear mind. Um, and then the same with the full moon. It's a way for us to really celebrate what we've achieved um, and then also forgive ourselves for maybe things that might not have worked. And then the same with the last quarter moon. It's another time to release. Um, and with the first quarter moon, it's a time for us to really take action. So it's using the body in a way to help us um, be able to achieve those things. And for me, meditation is that's that that time. I think this is where I since doing yoga, I think we can get really fixated on the physical, on the asana, whereas actually we only move our body in a practice so we can be still so when we come to be still the stagnant energy is being released and we're able to go into that deeper state of consciousness and we we kind of forget I, after doing years of philosophy work you realize that that's actually the only reason why we move is so then we are able to get deeper within so I always every class that I have we do 10 minutes every single class so there's not like a two minutes shavasana it's like no this is 10 minutes of you if not even longer for some of the classes that I do because effectively you you well I'm only holding this space for you for you to be your own teacher and to be your own teacher you need to get to know yourself and have that space and quiet time so that's why for me I or just I really love guiding people through that I love guiding people through detaching from the physical self and then being able to tap into that inner wisdom and you know by talking about the moon or something you, you then when you have that silence you might go oh my god yes that makes sense like this is exactly what I'm feeling right now because that's what used to happen with me I'd read my moon diary and be like oh my gosh this is like exactly what I'm going through or it things just start to make sense a bit more and I think that's all we're seeking isn't it we want that sense of things making sense and being able to work in alignment with it but yeah absolutely and like for me that's where my journey began really you know into my own um recon conscious reconnection with my my well-being um for me when i started to follow the wheel of the year and the moon phases for me it gave me that realization that um actually we are cyclical beings and 
Um, not every day is going to be the same in our mind, body and spirit. It's okay to have a bad day. It's, you know, life is about chapters. Um, things change and evolve and that's okay. And not every day is meant to be, you know, all smiles and feeling on And also we're world. women. And, that's and we're women too. We have our own cycles. Yeah. And this is what I really fascinated me is that, you know, we have our monthly cycles, which for me, I always struggled with, you know, in my, um, my phase before I come on, like it's, it used to be a whirlwind of like, what the hell is going on? My hormones all over the place. And then you look at the moon cycle, it's such a similar thing. And it's like, when you work in that, if you work with it rather than against it, you then realize the potential of what you can really do. And then you understand that this is a normal thing. We all experience this thing. And this is why I'm so passionate too about sharing it with the kids that I work with. Like we don't get taught how to know our cycle. You know, we get, I always remember thinking of like when I was in school, you have like an hour lesson of like, this is your period. That's it. <laughs> and it's like, it doesn't explain so much and the feelings that you go through and understanding how to work with it rather than against it. You know, like when you're on your cycle and you're bleeding and you just need to rest and it's like, and it's the same with the seasons. You know, you need to be able to rest when it comes to autumn and winter. You need that time for like that, re that, in, that um, introverted time of where you go a little bit deeper within and you learn to rest. Like we're not taught to rest. We're taught to just go, go, go all the time when actually if we work in alignment with the seasons and the cycles, it then only benefits us. There's only, you know, a benefit from doing that rather than... Um, you know, working against it. Oh my goodness. Oh, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. And, and oh God, I could, I could unpack so much of that. But the one thing I really want to touch on there, you mentioned is that you work with children um, and you go into schools and you um, teach them yoga and the philosophies and um, yeah, in order to help them um, manage in a mindful way their emotions and worries and anxieties. Oh my goodness, talk to me about that because that's such important work. As you were saying just now, you know, with children, to, to, to be able to offer this to them and to come from the perspective that you're coming from um, is is incredible. Talk to us about that work that you do with the kids. So I work for a really incredible charity called Urban Yogis UK. Um, it originally started in New York where the charities, um, it was set up in Queens in New York where it's a really deprived area and it was a way of... Um, teaching young people to be more resilient I guess and you know understand that there is different paths um, and the hopes with the charity is that we can create you know say if a, a child or a, a young person really gets into yoga and they're really interested in it that we can then give them a gateway to being able to fulfill that career because a lot of the time this is the sad thing about about this is the hard thing about yoga in the western world is that it kind of got to a point of where it's only if you can afford it you know if you can afford it you can go to yoga you know and I was really blessed in the fact that I live in a really small town and I was going to community classes that I could afford um, whereas say if you live in a city you know a lot of people just don't even have access to yoga so this is the point of our charity is the hope that we bring it where it's offered for free for people where people who really, really could do with the benefits of the practice, but aren't actually able to access it. So we're trying to make yoga accessible to everybody. Um, and what I've been focusing on where I live, so for example, the charity is based in London and there it's a lot, It's we're using it as a way to help divert kids away from crime and you know adversity. Whereas where I live um, in South Devon, a lot of the problems for our kids is mental health. Like at one point, um, you know, there's been like numerous suicides here of young people and it's kind of, that was a real passion, you know, for us down here. There's lots of really great charities of where we're trying to make kids aware of, you know, the struggles that you might experience in mental health. And for my thing, it's mainly working within secondary schools. So I have a local secondary school that I've been there for about three years now. And it's always just kind of, it started off as me doing like 
little drop-in days you know flexible learning days and then it went into then me getting funding for to do six-week courses with them the year nine and 11 girls and then I managed to get funding to be able to be there full-time for a whole year so now I have an after-school club where I'm there twice a week and it's just completely free anyone can come along um but yeah and I I use I use the sessions mainly to be able to share with people my personal experiences of what I wish I had when I was younger and I'd wish somebody told me that it's okay to be emotional and to struggle and to find life hard but actually that doesn't define you and to say and to teach kids that if you have you know and this is what I love about yoga is it gives you us that discipline of going we need to care look after ourselves and when you care for yourself then you're able to handle all of the things that life kind of throws at you um, and what I find I'm finding with my classes is that a lot more girls come. It's definitely hard to get the boys to come along, but that's what I love about having the teenage girls come along because then it gives me a chance to actually talk to them about our cycles and to talk to them because you don't get taught. They don't teach you this stuff in school, you know, like you're not really. And I actually had um, an experience this week with a girl where because I always do like long meditations for them because I find that that's what kids crave is like they respond so well to that silence and stillness then and I say to them you're never given a chance to just relax so use this opportunity to just lay here do nothing relax um and she ended up I really felt for her she was laying there and a lot of them lie on their front because I tell them to lie in a way that's comfortable for them and she didn't get up at the end and everyone was kind of looking like is she okay is she okay and I said to everybody I said just if you ever have this where someone's still lying down in this position leave them just leave them be everyone be quiet don't you know just let her be and I went over to her and I realized she was crying and she didn't want to get up because she didn't want anybody to see that she was crying so I just whispered to her and I said just stay here when everyone's gone we can have a nice chat um so she just laid there everybody left and she got up and I just gave her a big hug and I was like are you okay and she was like I just don't know why this happens sometimes she was like I just get really emotional and I was like because I said to her I was like is it something to do with school or is it you know friends and she was like no I don't know she was and I said to her I was like maybe it's your cycle I said I constantly struggled as a teenager with being really emotional and really all over the place and not knowing that that's what it was I generally thought something was wrong with me when I was younger because I struggled so much with my cycle and she was like it was just interesting to hear her because she was like I've been doing so well coming to yoga every week and she was like I do meditations at home and she was like and I still feel like this and I said that's really normal I said you have to know that this is normal and I said what really matters is the fact that you're still doing this and you're acknowledging the fact that you know something might be you know I'm overwhelmed and I said this is what's the beauty of this practice is it's giving you space a safe space to be able to release whatever you need to release because a lot of the time we're in a world where it's like you've got to be tough you've got to go you know you've got to do this and it's like we're women we're emotional we're going to have times of where things might be harder and we chatted for about 10-15 minutes and it was just so special and you know and this is why I said to her this is why I do this work because it's I wish I had somebody did that for me when I was in secondary school like I wish I had someone to be like this is really normal this is okay it's okay for you to be upset or overwhelmed um but the main thing is is that you're aware of it and you're letting it go you're still doing this practice you're looking after yourself and you're becoming a bit more in tune with who you really are um so yeah this is this is why I just have such a passion for it because when you start to see the impact of how it benefits young people and you know teaching them the importance of self-care the importance of time you know of looking after yourself physically mentally because life is really overwhelming and life can be really challenging there's never going to be a point of where it's like I got this you know something's always going to happen to you you know and especially with for me personally like when my sister passed away that was a chance of where I was like wow if I didn't have yoga in my life and I didn't have a, a practice of where I could handle you know this grief 
I don't know where I'd be, to be honest. So and this is what I share with the kids all the time. It's like, you know, there's always going to be something that's going to be thrown your way. But if you know how to be, you know, yoga gives us resilience. It teaches us to be able to handle, if we can handle our breath, if we can control ourselves in all the situations that's thrown at us, then, you know, at least it will be that little bit, bit easier. But yeah, I'm... It's having that communication, mm. isn't it? It's having that communication with our with our children, yeah. and I, I just I felt so many chills of resonation um, uh, resonation from from the things that you were saying. You know, having two daughters and um, being really mindful with them about keeping that line of communication open with them in a soft and gentle way that, that um, you know, doesn't push them into, you know, having to share more of themselves than they're comfortable with because, God, you remember so well, um, you know, the intricacies of your journey um, into your teenage years. Um, you know, and this is both for boys and girls. You had the changes going on in your body. Um, but for girls, you know, the, the stigma around um, periods and and no real conversations about them. I didn't really talk about periods with my mum, you know, just had to figure it out myself. Um, I was fortunate in that I didn't have too many issues, but I did have to figure out how to look after myself when it came to my cycles. And I had no conscious awareness of how my cycles affected my moods and I do remember I do remember quite vividly when I was around my eldest daughter's age now actually 12 13 having days when I felt utterly low and miserable and questioning what on earth was wrong with me like why am I feeling like this and I remember one of my friends saying to me oh my god Lisa you're you're so miserable like what's wrong with you and I remember thinking I don't know is there something wrong with me and not having that awareness of what's going on and changing in our bodies and you know we've had um yoga teachers come into my children's class at primary level and you know the kids have a real awareness of um, the benefits of a practice like yoga and meditation and being still and that's something that I've I'm also really consciously aware of with my girls particularly at the weekends you know when they're saying to me oh I actually just I actually don't want to be dragged about here, there or everywhere this weekend to make the most of, you know, our weekends. I actually just want to be, I just want to be with no having to be here, there, everywhere, time frames. Because when you really, even as adults, when you step back just for a moment and you think about our kids' daily lives, you know, everything is dictated to them you know they they they're told what to do when to do it um, how to behave all these constraints around their growth um you know and and their daily activities to come home and just have that or to have that space anywhere you know like in your classes as well just to be told it's okay just to do nothing to be and Oh my God, you know, because I mean, look at us as adults, we struggle with that concept. Even now as adults, we have the guilt around, oh, well, I should be doing something if a client's cancelled or, you know, or my children are in, but there's always something you could be doing. And it is so drilled into us, as you say, you know, to be doing and to be proactive and you don't want to be lazy, you know get up and go kind of attitude yes absolutely but everything is a balance and to listen to your body when when it's telling you that you need to slow down and rest and unfortunately for our kids they don't have that luxury of just being able to say do you know what I'm gonna take the day off yeah 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, they don't have exactly that at all and this is what I found so, like with having that conversation with the girl like by the end of it we realized that she was actually coming up to the point of where she was going to be the week before she was due on. So it's like, okay, well then that makes perfect sense as to why you're really emotional. And I was like, cause all, I was like, your project, all your hormone levels are going to be dropping. I was like, so 
it makes perfect sense and it's almost like a little light bulb went in her head and was like oh yeah okay yeah this is actually quite normal and it's like yeah it is but we're not taught that you know and this is what I just I love about yoga is the fact that it it's the philosophies that really get to me because it's like actually how you know like the yamas and niyamas like the our attitude to ourselves and then our attitude to other people and this is what I really want to share most with the kids is try not to focus too much on the physical and just be make people understand that the way that we treat ourselves and the way that we treat others is where everything kind of has to begin it has to start at that point of where you know how do I talk to myself how do I treat myself how do I look at myself and then also then project that onto other people how do I treat others am I kind to others am I give you know it's all and that's like a massive especially being a girl in school like girls can be really mean in school like and it's hard and this is one thing I I have a real mix I've like from year seven to year 13 that come to my classes so I try and just instill in them or teach them that like the importance of that kindness that you know and actually when we're kind it feels really good it's nice to be kind to people um but it's hard because I guess it's you know there's so many things now in the in modern world where it's like you've got to have this you've got to have this if someone's not got that you know and it's and it can be the same even when you're out of school when you're an adult like even like social media can do that sometimes where you're looking you're like oh my god I have like they have an amazing life like that's not what I'm like and you know it's that constant comparison and this is what I try and hope that I can teach the kids is that that I even say to them when you're on your mat don't look at anybody don't look at what anybody's doing because as soon as you're doing that you're then detaching from what you're feeling in this moment because and this is how life is isn't it you've got distractions everywhere this is going on this is going on but like can you remain present and focused with everything else going on and that's a real skill like to to learn and if you can learn that from a young age like my life I know my life would have been so different if I had learned that from a young age oh my goodness yeah I know and and I think that's where that's that's at the very root isn't it of 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 where we come from and what we share with others is is that experience of what we um felt was missing from our life that could make our childhood um could have shaped our childhood uh, perhaps a little easier but at the same time you know still appreciating that the experiences we've had um you know create those um moments of wisdom and clarity and discovery about ourselves um as you said earlier you know the the biggest gifts that we we have in life usually come from some of the the hardest situations that we've experienced and for most people who uh, perhaps don't like speaking for myself for example i didn't grow up with a particular set of um, spiritual beliefs um you know i'm I, I i was i suppose classed as a christian i was christened we didn't go to church or anything like that and and um it didn't resonate with me and it was only when I hit my rock bottom and started to struggle and 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 naturally my focus was brought inwards on myself um, and what what I needed you know when you ask yourself the question when you're at your lowest point what do you need Lisa to pull yourself out of this because you know you can't keep going round and round and round in these circles every day and when you ask yourself that question and you step back and you turn inwards that's when for most people they um they then find themselves on this new journey back to themselves and their own sense of spirit and purpose um and so that tends to be a a commonality with most people who do find themselves on a similar path um, of self discovery. Um, I, I there's so much again. There's so much that we could yeah. sit and 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 chat about with the work that you do with children. Um, you know, as a mother, and you're a mum yourself. You know, it's it's. It's, oh, it's something that I'm so passionate to hear about. Um, but 
before we have to unfortunately uh, wrap it up and and say thank you for being here i just wanted you to touch um on your polynesian wellness sessions that you do oh my god (laughs) these sound so interesting it's where you incorporate dance from your roots um um into mindfulness with your yoga practice just talk to us quickly about how that came about and what it's well, about um so i've been my mum's from the south pacific she's from a place called kiribati which is just south of fiji and my mum i she got me dancing and i started dancing from when i was about three because i traveled a lot growing up so i was living out there when i was about three years old and i come from a a lineage of dancers so my granddad my mum's dad was um, a dance instructor he used to hold you know do um, cultural dancing and then my mum obviously got into dancing herself and then she wanted to pass that on to me so from the age of about three I've been dancing um, and it got to a point of where I was dancing professionally until I was like 20 until my, my late late teens and it was always something really interesting because I always kind of kept it very separate and no one really knew that I did that. It was kind of a, it's quite hard growing up in a West, you know, growing up in a small English town where people just don't get your culture. So a lot of it I kept very separate and kind of closed off. And it wasn't until I started then teaching yoga that I was like, hmm, why don't I just fully embrace my culture? And because I missed when I was in my 20s and I was traveling, I missed that dance I missed dancing and what it gave me and what I realized is um when I used to dance and perform all the time is that feeling of like confidence that it gave me that I lost in my 20s and this is what I wanted to do when I started to create these classes is create a class of where any woman can come doesn't matter if you're not a dancer doesn't matter what you look like you can be of any age you know I ended up having people from like in their 80s to like in their 20s like anybody would just come along and it was a way of you just going I love learning to love your body no matter what because that's what dance does dance can do that it can really empower you in a way that just makes you feel good so this is what I did with put the Polynesian wellness I was like why can't I just bring the two together why can't I bring where we can you know and the philosophies really work quite well together the Polynesian philosophy and yoga philosophy because it's a way of really honoring nature and earth and then you know and especially in Polynesian culture it's all about goddesses and you know our dances mirror nature so a lot of the dancers will mirror water or, you know, my mum's style of dancing, a lot of it's like reenacting how birds move and how they kind of create this this show of like, look at me kind of thing. Um, you know, and I just, I, I love the crossover of the two. So when I created the classes, it was a way of, you know, mindfully stretching because that, I never did that when I used to dance all the time and my body actually got, I used to get a lot of hip problems and stuff from just not stretching off properly. So this is what why I included a bit of yoga into it, because it was like, let's make sure we look after ourselves, stretch off before and after, but also have that time at the end too of where you're actually going, you know, thanking yourself and going, thank you for showing up. I've done a really good, you know, it doesn't matter how I looked. I felt really good whilst I was doing it and trying to bring that little bit of mindfulness into it. But I would choreograph these classes of where we just have like a really nice drum beat and we did make it into a little bit of a workout so we have these set you know where I'm introducing different hip movements we then have a sequence and then by the end of the class we would have a dance so every class it was like and then we do the same routine for like four weeks at a time um but I've actually recently taken a little bit of a step back from it um because I was just I think it's what's really hard when you share something that's of your culture and this is how it must be with yoga as well it's really hard to be authentic to the roots of what you're teaching and where it where it res where it comes from and it's really difficult to make people learn and understand your culture that aren't from your culture and this is where i find even teaching yoga i struggle sometimes because it's like i'm not indian you know i'm not from india i don't have those cultural roots to it but the philosophies and the teachings of it really resonate with me. So it's it's always trying to teach something of where 
they're understanding the deep meaning of what you're doing not just the physical aspect of like oh I'm just here shaking my hips and you know and this is what I found really difficult with teaching my culture is like how can I do this in a way of where I'm respecting the roots of my culture but in a way of where everyone can feel inclusive at the same time but that's why I kind of went to doing workshops because then it's it's not so hard to um every week it's quite hard to like choreograph every single week and be like right what are we doing this week what are we doing that week so it kind of makes it more when I do the wellness and the Polynesian wellness workshops is where I can teach people how to make um, flower garlands and where you can learn to weave because that's a huge part of the culture too is like it's not just the dance it's it's the way of life and it's the one thing that I really resonates the most with Polynesian culture is this way of learning to be graceful it's the grace it's learning to have that gracefulness in um you know almost like a goddess you think of like a goddess you know like where you're able to gracefully handle all that that is kind of thrown at you and this is what's so beautiful about the style of dance is that it's almost mesmerizing to watch because you're looking and you're like how are they moving their hips like that but then the top of their body is not moving at all you know and it's that that discipline within your body to be like um you know that's hard to explain really but but this is what I loved as well about Polynesian culture is like with my culture there's no set way you don't have to look a certain way to be a dancer you can be a you can be a bigger girl you can be a really skinny girl you can be short you can be whatever you're if you're a dancer and you love and you embody what you're doing that's that's all that that matters and this is that's why I love that's what made me want to share these dance classes is just to make every woman go I can be a dancer so like you know you don't have to look a certain way or you know and that's what I love about that's what I love about my culture is there's just you're embodying what it is to be that feminine energy and and that's what it is 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 the feminine and, and being like I I love myself I love my body I love what it can do for me um, I think um, I think what you touched on there about really understanding the roots of what it is that you're teaching and where it comes from is so so important. It's a conversation again that I've been a part of um, many times in in recent months um, when it comes to lots of different forms of. Um, uh, spiritual practice such as yoga um a lot of plant healing medicines and even things such as um smudging you know things like that there is there is a lot of talk at the moment about how these things it 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 comes from a really positive place that that as in the western cultures we want to embody this you know we it has been it has entered our sphere of being over here because it's something that we can see that we resonate with and we need more of in our life. However, you know, the roots of where these practices come from can be really watered down because it then becomes something almost like the latest craze. You know, it's, that's it. You know, it's like, it's, it's the latest thing to, um, you know, be into yoga or to get your sage out and smudge it. But we don't realize that by um, us creating this huge demand on sage bundles, for example, um, we are now creating a shortage um, across the globe um, with the, the the tribes that actually use this as part of their yeah. culture. Um and they are yeah. struggling now to actually get a hold of this for their own. Uh, this is part of them because we th- there's such a demand for it. And I don't think we always truly, truly, um, yeah, understand the roots and the deepest meanings behind where these practices and philosophies come from. And so... Um, I understand where where you. But this is why this is why for me with yoga, like, you know, I never had an Indian teacher, or you know, I didn't really know much about the history, you know. And this is why uh, during COVID and a lot of time, you know, I kind of had to sit back and be like, 
why am I, why am I doing that? You know, like, I, I, that's why I did so many philosophy courses. I even did some with like an amazing Indian teacher. And like, I did all these different things because I just wanted to know that in that in the in the deep part of me that I was doing something that was authentic, that was actually true to what I'm teaching. Um, and I think this is what most of us, especially in the Western world, this is why I think yoga is so attractive because in the Western world, we're a lot more egoic. We're a lot more like showy and like in our head about things. Whereas in an Eastern culture, it's so natural to be inward, to, to be, um, to embody the philosophies because that is their culture whereas for us that's not our culture so it's harder for us to embody it but you kind of have to go on this journey because I know when I first started doing yoga I was all ego 100% like I was I wanted to get into this position I wanted to do this and it's and it's funny because you the more that you practice it the more that you realize that that's so insignificant like what you're actually, I don't, like, I don't even personally, I don't even really do any inversions. I don't do any practice like that anymore because I'm like, I need to personally be okay with my mind and be comfortable with myself before I can even start to push myself to that point, you know? And this is what I love about the classes that I teach, you know, in the community, small community that I live in. It's like, I've got a teenage, you know, I've got a, someone, 18 year old boy who comes along who I used to teach at the college. And then I've got a 70 or 80 year old man that comes. And then I've got a six year old woman, like every class is so abundant of diversity. And this is what I think is what we really should be doing is like bringing diversity to, to classes to where everyone can kind of see that this is a space that's, this is a practice for everybody. It doesn't matter, you know, everything can be adapted. You know, all that really matters is you're making this time for yourself and that you're giving yourself that space to to grow and to you know go into that deeper state and realize the higher source and though it's really important that people understand especially with yoga it's like you're trying to connect with that higher power whatever that is for you so that might be god that might be you know if you're muslim it might be somebody else if whatever like we all have it's a way of us connecting to whatever that is for us you know and it's it's a really hard practice I think to to do because especially in the western world we can get fixated on like oh we'll do this you know like this is a real thing that makes me laugh sometimes when you see things that are like let's go and get drunk and do yoga or something or like and you can't like there's so many things that you see that we've created in the western world that just don't make sense you know it's like it's so detached from what the realness of what it is um but I think it's a real ego journey for us in the Western world. I think it's a journey of going, we don't, we don't need to be, we don't need, it's detaching from the ego. And I think that's the hardest part in, in our, in our Western world, because we live in an ego world, you know? Um, and that's why this practice is so sacred and so old, because it works, like it works, you know, it works to be able to learn and understand that there is something higher than you there is that connection to that divine source and understanding that we are connected with each other we are connected with nature we are connected with everything that is around us um and that's really what matters as long as you experience that moment of going oh everything's okay right now in this moment um that's that's all that really matters i think but it's interesting I find it really interesting like even just being I've been doing yoga for you know eight years now and it's really interesting how the more that you practice I think I think the first few years of practicing you can't help but be a little bit ego because you're doing something physical you know you're going to a physical practice and you can't help but look around and go oh my god I can't do that I can do this and it's getting past those barriers of them realizing that you know, I want people to be on their mat and even close their eyes and not even, you know, even be moving without even looking at anybody else or, or knowing, oh, mm -hmm. I can't do that. That's fine. So what if you can't do that? We can adapt it. We've got blocks here. You can do this, you know, and I'd love to have a class of where there is diversity in the class because then all the other women can look and be like, oh my gosh, she's still, she can do that. Like, you know, and it's that encouraging thing rather than oh, this is what it needs to look like. This is how we should be doing the practice. It's like, no, it's a personal, it's a real personal thing. It's a real personal yeah. thing. Oh. Nicola, thank you so much thank for sharing. Thank you for having me. Um, 
you you've so eloquently you know shared with us um, your story and how you embody the work that you do and there are so many layers to what you do um, and and the work you're doing with children is just so so necessary and important thank you so much um, just let let our listeners know where they can find you and um, you know if there's anything going on coming up with workshops that you want anybody to know about um yeah well let us know um, it's funny you say that but actually next year i'm going to start a moon women's moon circle which is really exciting oh. so i'm hoping that i can be able to offer that both online and in person um and yeah my check my charity that i work for is called urban yogis uk so definitely like look into what we're doing because we're trying to we, our hope is to eventually be able to be all over the UK working in, we work in prisons, we work in schools, um, we work in community, we have community centres, uh, we're hoping to work with carers and people, you know, cancer patients, and we're hoping to just be really broad in all that we're doing. I've, I've been working with mums suffering with their mental health as well. So it, it you know, it'd be, we really hope to get a real following um of helping us with the work that we're doing because it should be accessible and it should be free for everybody. Um, and then my personal stuff, you know, I do both online classes and in person. So I have weekly classes. And the main thing that I try and one thing that I'm really offering a lot of at the moment is restorative classes and meditation and really trying to use this season to be able to slow down and really, you know, create that amazing space in your house or space for yourself at home where you can just come to your mat for an hour to just really gently move your body and then relax for 20 minutes. Like it's really special. Um, mm. And I'm realizing that mm. that's actually become my most popular class because we all just want to relax a little bit and not necessarily be like all the time, go, go, go. But yeah. Amazing. I hope that's. Well, I will put all of um I'll send oh, you all the links. It, that is perfect. Yeah, I will put them all on um, the 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 bio, the write up to this session, um, and so that you can find Nicola online uh, via her website and her social media. Um, and you know, the wonderful thing is that you don't have to be um, anywhere near Tall Bay. Uh, you know, you can connect with Nicola and the work that she does online. Um, thank you so much again for being here with us, Nicola. It's been it's been an absolute honor and a privilege to to have you here and, and share your work with thank us you. um oh you're so welcome and thank you to everyone for listening this week uh i hope you have a beautiful week ahead of you and until next time lots of love everybody